welcome to Ask a Pastor, the podcast where you can ask the pastor, well, anything. In this episode, Pastor Chip Stevens is joined by one of the ministry team at First Baptist Jackson to answer your questions. Now, let's join Chip and his guests in the studio. We just wanted to do a little dialogue between Mike and myself to, to thank you for sending us to the Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, I know it's been a, a part of your tradition for many years to send the pastor and send other people to go to the convention. And I just think it's fair. I mean, you, you're you sending us to, yeah. to, to get a report on what's going on. And I know that there are a lot of things that you, you read in the newspaper or you read online or you see on TV, and maybe you have questions about some of the things uh, that went on at the convention. One thing I can tell you is that if you're getting your information off your cell phone or <laughs> off your computer, you're not getting no. the true information of really what takes place at one of these events. And no so, question about yeah, that. So, you so, know, I, I mean, I read a few little remarks after the convention and thought, were these people writing this article in the same room where we were? That's right. Because it's so disconnected from what reality is. That's, That's true, right. And so we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit uh, together about our experience, and hopefully this will be helpful for you. And again, if you have any questions, we, we'd love for you to let us know. So, Mike, I just... Curious, what was your experience at the convention this year? Well, I've been going to the Southern Baptist Convention for years, uh, you know, and so I've been to many, many, many of them. It was crowded. There was a whole lot of people there. More crowded than I've ever seen. Was it 15,000 messengers? Over 15,000 Over almost 16,000 messengers. Uh, Of course, Nashville, I was going back to where I lived for 15 years, so I saw a lot of friends. So uh, the, the Southern Baptist Convention, I would say this about every year I've ever been, which is most of them. Uh, is like a family reunion. Uh, you know, you, you see people you went to seminary with, people you serve with in other churches, and it really is there's a lot of neck hugs, a lot of cups of coffee, uh, a lot of that sort of thing, and there's a family atmosphere. You know, I, I know sometimes people think the convention feels like a business meeting. It actually feels more like church most of the time, yeah. just especially in the halls. It's like a big family reunion. We're all at church, and and here's what I find, Pastor. I find that Southern Baptists, by and large, there certainly are exceptions to this, but by and large, Southern Baptists believe basically the same things about the Bible, yeah. about what God is doing in the world, about missions. We really are centered around a missions endeavor as a convention. And so you see, for a place that's supposed to be full of contention and disagreement, what you really see is a whole lot of agreement about almost everything. Yeah, I think what one of the things that people don't realize is you talk about it being a family meeting and absolutely it is, but think about over (laughs) 15,000 members of that family. Yeah. You know, and and one thing that's unique about the Southern Baptist Convention, which makes us different than other denominations, is in in some ways it is like a church business meeting where any member is free to be able to stand up and ask a question or make a comment. Yeah. Imagine a church business meeting with over 15,000 people (laughs) And all of those over 15,000 people can go up to the microphone and yeah. make a comment or ask a question. And so yeah. sometimes, honestly, I, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, sometimes for me that's incredibly frustrating. <laughs> it can be. Because the meetings get incredibly long and people bring things up and you're going, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. But when you're allowing anybody, anybody. of over 15,000 people to come to a microphone, 
It's amazing that there is as much harmony as there actually is. Well, you know, Pastor, you're exactly right. I mean, I think it's, I remember there were nine stations and most of the stations had more than one microphone. So let's just say that each station had two microphones. That's 18 microphones on the hall. And if you can get to one and put it in 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 the order of business, where your comment is appropriate for the time. You know, there are parliamentarians that are there uh, receiving everything to make sure it's all. If we didn't follow those rules, we'd still be there, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but uh, anybody can get to the microphone and ask Ronnie Floyd, the executive yeah. director of the, uh, of the executive committee, or ask a Ben Mandrell or a Paul Chitwood or right. a Kevin Ezell. Any question, any of our seminary presidents, yeah. they have to stand up there and take it. Yeah. And and you see them get up there and do that. But also, here, here's what's a funny moment. You're already grinning because you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> That the person that gets to the microphone can actually interject an amazing amount of humor. And there's some funny things that happened at convention. A friend of mine put on Twitter right after the convention, who was your MVP of the convention? And, and the guy that got yeah. to the oh, microphone, yeah. his was the number one answer. There was a, there was a messenger, I don't know where he's from, Texas somewhere, yeah. got to the microphone. He said, Mr. Chairman, I've been to three microphones and I've got a question. Can somebody please turn on the air conditioning? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the place went crazy. Yeah. And, and he said, point well made. And, and you know what? The air got turned on. It did. It got better. <laughs> it did get better. Uh, let, let's talk about a couple of things. One, let's talk about what happened. Yeah. And then let's talk about some of the things that maybe didn't happen. Maybe people have expected. One of the things that, that, that happened is Ed Litton from yep. Mobile, Alabama, was elected president of the convention. Uh, there were four different candidates, four president, four nominated, four yeah. nominated, and 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 it came to a runoff between him and Mike Stone of Georgia, and Dr. Litton is the one who actually won and will be the president for the next year. Uh, you know Ed Litton, or I do. Met him before. Yeah. Tell I've us been a little in this bit church. about Well, yeah. and this is kind of frustrating for me, honestly, Chip, because I've been reading in the media that the liberal one. Yeah. And Ed Litton has been a pastor in Mobile, Alabama, for a long, long time. Yeah. A great church. And Ed Litton is not a perfect man. He's a man, but he's not theologically liberal. No, that, no. I, I just can't even imagine. He's evangelistic. He yeah. believes in Southern Baptist work and mission. And so sometimes people try to paint this one as a conservative and this one as a liberal. And that, that goes back to what I said a while ago. I don't sense this theological no. divide. Now, maybe 40 years ago, maybe Southern Baptists did have some growing pains along theological lines. But, but our convention doesn't divide over what we believe about the Bible yeah. or what we believe about salvation or what we believe about missions. Those, mm-hmm. those just are non-issues in our convention. I think it's one of the reasons God continues to bless Southern Baptists. But Ed Litton is a humble pastor from Mobile, Alabama. I think he's been in his church. Has it been 30 years? It's Maybe been 20-something so. yeah. years in a great church there right off the campus of University of Mobile. It's a uh, you know, he's a great leader, and he's also, I think, I think this is the reason Ed Litton may have been selected by Southern Baptists. Um, he's a statesman-type pastor. Mm-hmm. He fits in that mold of pastor who's, who's not there to, with an agenda to win anything. He's there to serve and to build community and consensus. Yeah. I think he'll be a great president. I really he's, do. He's very well respected uh, in the convention, very well respected among other pastors. Been through some difficult challenges in his own personal sure. life. And, you know, that just brings a maturity that, yeah. that you don't get any other way. And so uh, I think Dr. Litton is going to be great. And I, and I certainly uh, 
We need to be praying for him as yeah. he leads our conviction uh, convention uh, in the days ahead. Uh, a couple of other notable things that happened. Uh, some of the resolutions that you probably yeah. read about, there was a lot of question coming into the convention about how the SBC would handle things like critical race theory. Uh, and, and the resolution that passed on the convention floor basically said that we reject any theory yeah. that doesn't line up with Scripture. Sure. And so instead of specifically naming critical race theory, it just kind of was a broad catch-all for any yeah. theory, past, present, or future, that would ever come up to make sure that people understand that as Southern Baptists, we judge everything through the lenses of Scripture, which I think was a great, great Yeah, thing. I, I would say, Pastor, you're exactly right. I would say uh, that guy that called for the air conditioning, he may be an MVP in one sense, but another MVP of the convention was the Resolutions Committee. I yeah, really felt sure. that way. Some men and women chaired by James Merritt, mm -hmm. a, a former president of the SBC, right. uh, and a great man in his own right. Uh, they were dealing with some of these real critical things. And it would have been very easy for that resolutions committee to have done a very short resolution that says, we condemn critical race theory. They could have done it that way, and it had been two sentences long. That yeah. would have been the cop-out, maybe the easy way out. Yeah. They actually went to great lengths to write a long resolution that yeah. spelled out a lot of stuff about our what we believe about the Bible and what we believe about racial relations and racial reconciliation and all of those things. A, a, a resolution that I think goes much further than a simple rejection of CRT would have gone, even, yeah. even encompassing more than that. One of the points was, that was actually made during the debate on that particular issue is, you know, a lot of people talk about critical race theory but every single day, evolutionary theory is being taught in schools. Sure, for and sure. And so that's another theory that we would say undermines the Scripture. And yeah. so I thought the resolution was very wise yeah. to, to say any theory that goes against Scripture, we reject. But another thing that I really liked about that particular resolution is there was a lot of clarity from a standpoint of we want to make sure that everybody understands that we condemn racism in any Absolutely. form. Yeah and are certainly sincerely apologetic for any uh, things that have been construed otherwise in yeah. times past. But absolutely, as Southern Baptists, we believe that every single person is created in the image of God and should be treated as such. You know, I, the last 10 or 15 years going to convention after convention, all of them in a row, um, Southern Baptists have taken steps every year to try to say that. And I, I don't and so we've, we've said for years, I remember a resolution from many years ago, it seems like it was in Kansas City, where we voted overwhelmingly to reject racism of all kinds. And there was even a resolution of apology mm -hmm. for some of the early mistakes that our denomination might have made in that area of race relations. And every year, we, it seems like this is a theme. But I think this year, it was, it was a, a, a more sure sound mm -hmm. uh, because it, it came up over and over and over again and particularly encouraging in this in this convention was the North American Mission Board report that 60%, I believe, was the number. 60% mm -hmm. of all church plants, and by the way, we had a bunch of them this That's past right. year, 60% of them were from mostly non-Anglo congregations. In other words, I think they would go so far as to say most of them were African-American, but Hispanic and Chinese right. and on and on and on, that even our church planning movement clearly demonstrates that our convention does not reject someone on the basis of their color of their skin or their racial ethnicity, 
but our convention believes there's a single human race and that Jesus died for all of them. That's right. And we want to win them all to, for the Lord uh, with the gospel. And um, so that came through in that resolution, but there's a half dozen more oh, yeah. where that, that undertone of we are over racism. We, we, don't, we want to repudiate it. Right. And we want to reach all people with the gospel. And that was a clear signal that we sent it this was. year. It was. And there were other resolutions. There was a strong resolution against abortion. There was resolution against some of the uh, uh, persecution, some of the atrocities around the world, or a resolution regarding uh, condolences and uh, to, to families who really went through difficult times with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of different resolutions that came through that were passed. And, and again, I think it was kind of neat to see how all that came together. You know, there was a lot of maybe uh, tension coming into the convention about how that was going to look, but it really it really came out well. It really did. And, uh, you know, there were some potential landmines yeah. uh, that the whole critical race theory going into the convention, how, how are Southern Baptists going to speak to this? Uh, the idea of how we would, what we would say about abortion, what we might say about uh, all things racial relations, and then certainly uh, concern about some of the things and activities around um uh, the I don't know the best way to say this, but maybe maybe to talk about it in terms of like the Me Too movement. What will Southern Baptists say about sexual abuse and the investigation of that, and what our denominational stance about all that? Yeah. And there's disagreement about how to handle all that as we go into it. People with different opinions, but over the course of the week, I found us agreeing with each other far more than we disagreed. And even though in this instance or in that instance, the idea of how to go forward in some of these areas. There may be some disagreement about that. At the end of the day, Southern Baptists came through with some very, very strong statements about being against any kind of abuse. We don't want to cover that up. We want to be thorough in how we investigate. We want to have accountability and all those things. And uh, uh, accountability, maybe as I stumble onto that word, the convention is asking the leadership of SBC to be more accountable in every way. And, and we saw this time and time again, Chip, you and I sitting right next to each other most of the sessions. And we saw over and over again a messenger from the floor call for accountability from the stage. And that entity head would agree. That's right. And say, yes, you do deserve more accountability right. and we're going to give it to you. So That's right. It was That's a wonderful right. thing to see. You know, regarding the issue of abuse, the, the, the really the questions and the debate was how to do an investigation. Right. And ultimately what was voted on was to have an investigation done by a third party and to have the findings of that investigation done by a different group than the group that's being investigated, which yeah. just is just makes practice. sense. Yeah, just makes, makes, sense. makes absolute sense. Yeah, wisdom won the day yeah, on that. And, and there are people that, that nobody's trying to hide anything here. Uh, the way the Southern Baptists are organized, we're not organized like other denominations in the sense that we don't have a top-down organization yeah. and abuse would happen at a local level. We just want to make sure that the top is not doing anything to cover up anything that's happening locally, yeah. but actually that the top is willing to encourage churches to do the full investigation and how that would go about. And this third party is going to help ensure that our, our organizational structure is there to do that very thing. You know, to, to, to talk briefly about what didn't happen, uh, I, Again, a lot of people were coming into the convention, a lot of people were reading articles, and they yep. were wondering what was going to happen. Was the convention going to split? Is this the end of the Southern Baptist Convention as yep. we know it? And I think about that had a wise older deacon at First Baptist Artville. Uh, his name was Dr. John Herring. Hmm. And uh, Dr. Herring was a retired professor from Mississippi State, and well, he meant the world to me. He went on to be with the Lord several years ago. Hmm. But I remember having a discussion with Dr. Herring one day, and 
we were in my office and, and, and we had this conversation actually a few times. We talked about how to handle difficult things, you know, and how's the best way to deal with those things, how to make decisions. And Dr. Herring, he, he would kind of sit back and he'd say, well, Chip, he'd say, I've been around a long time. <laughs> and he says, what I have found is if you're just patient, just give it time, the church always seems to do the right thing. Yeah. And I, yeah. I kept thinking about that yeah. as it pertained to the convention because there were a lot of issues that you, you just wondered how it was going to go. But at the end of the day, the church just did the right thing. Yeah. Over and over and over again, we were able to see how the process worked. Yeah. And it wasn't near as bad as everybody no, anticipated yeah. going in, and everybody left kind of with a big sigh of relief yeah. and, and pleased with how things had gone. You know, I, there was a prayer meeting that happened on Saturday night, yeah. and it was led by Robbie Gallaty. It was a gathering of, of younger uh, generations, emerging generations of leaders, college students and young adults, and they were praying specifically for the unity of the convention. And I think... Most of the messengers walking out of there on Wednesday would have told you that God honored those prayers. Now, they Absolutely. weren't the only prayers prayed because yes. we were all praying. Yeah. And Southern Baptists across the world were praying that God would show his power and his glory through the gathering of his church. And, and, and I mean, the takeaway that most people I've talked to, every, really everybody I've talked to that went to the convention is that God answered those prayers. Mm -hmm. That at the end of the convention, we had a stronger commitment to missions and to sharing the gospel with the world than we had when it started. And wasn't that what the whole yeah, point is? Absolutely. That we would, we, a term that you begin to hear this week a lot, I've heard it several years, Great Commission Baptists. Yeah. Well, we're not changing the name. Nobody's trying right. to say that we would do that. But this idea that we would be Baptists that are committed to the Great Commission, that's the theme yeah. of it. There are political disagreements. There's a vote or two that didn't go the way I would have chosen. Mm -hmm. But man, I left there Wednesday proud of the denomination that I've yeah. served all my life yeah. and excited that God's not done with us and there's more stuff ahead for, for the Southern Baptist Convention. Well, we need to wrap things up. Yeah. Um, but let me, let me give you, get you the opportunity to share one thing that maybe was your favorite thing of the entire week that you can leave us with, and then I'll share one. Well, I mean, I'll tell you the one, uh, I love the worship time. Of course, you know I'd be drawn to that, and I, I appreciated those folks at Summit Worship that led worship for the convention. And and there are moments, if, if you're a reporter from the New York Times and you walked into a worship moment, you might wonder, what in the world have I gotten into? <laughs> because it just feels like church in some of those moments. And uh, now I had a I had a suggestion or two for him, but I never did give it to him. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but I would have to say the singular moment when I, when I was so thrilled was in the address of J.D. Greer. Mm. When J.D. Greer, our outgoing president, he wound up serving three years mm. because of COVID. And, uh, and he preached one of the most powerful messages, uh, timely message. And, and this is the outgoing president. And this is what I want to say and what God had laid on his heart to say. And he used uh, a very important passage there in Matthew to talk about, and, and it was, I'll never forget what he talked about. You've got the sin of liberalism. Mm. And, and, and his, his opinion, which I happen to share, mm. is that, that Southern Baptists are not struggling there, not as a denomination. I mean, right. certainly individuals, but as a denomination, we're not going to, we're not, it doesn't look like we're going to lose the battle there, That's liberalism. Right. But he also called out from the very same passage, Phariseeism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And he kind of camped over here a little while. Mm -hmm. And and I believe the Lord was using him to speak to us. I intend to go back and listen to that message a few more times. It It was was amazing. It was amazing. And and for me, I think the highlight of the convention, and and this was true the the last time that I went as well, and that's the IMB, International Mm. Mission Board, sending celebration. Because there we are gathered in the room, and I think there were 60-something people who were being sent out around the world uh, as our IMB missionaries. And there was one particular couple, uh, for those who were going into Mm. areas where they needed to remain anonymous, they had them behind a screen, so all you could see was kind of a silhouette or a shadow of their image as they stood behind that screen. But one thing that really stood Mm. out to me, Mike, was there was a, a lady uh, was there with her husband, and they were talking about the place that they were going to, which was a high-security place. And as she asked for prayer, she says, pray for us as we seek to learn an unwritten language mm. of the people uh, that we're going to be ministering to. Yeah. And it just struck me that not only are they going to another place in the world, a difficult place, but they're going to have to learn a language that hadn't even been written down before. And so that's why we're Southern Baptists. That's right. That's As right. Southern Baptists, we cooperate together for the mission of sharing the gospel. Yeah. So many of these other things, listen, when you get people in a room, if you have any more than one person in a room, sometimes there's going to be conflict. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes there's going to be grasps for control. That's just a part of dealing with people. But at the end of the day, we are a people who are gathered together for the cooperative mission of sharing the gospel around the world. That's right. And listen, I I think this is something a lot of people don't know. You know, even the money that you and I give to the cooperative program, you know, we give 9% of our undesignated receipts to the cooperative program. Do you realize that almost half of that money stays in the state of Mississippi? Yeah. And then the rest of that money about 50% of that goes to the IMB. It's a little over 20% more of that that goes to NAM. So of the money that leaves the state of Mississippi, almost 75% of that goes to IMB or NAM. Yeah. There's another 21, maybe 22% that goes to the seminaries. And then all this that you read about like Ethics Religious Liberty Commission, like 1.6% of the money that goes to national actually goes to ERLC. And by the way, though there may be some things that you don't disagree with with the ERLC, one of the reports that they gave were all of the ultrasound machines that they're putting in crisis pregnancy centers around the country, and we're all in favor of that. And then there's a couple of percent, maybe two or three percent, that actually goes to salaries and administrative expenses. But so much of the money that you give goes to so many things that we are absolutely all in for. And so, again, it it really was a a good time at the Southern Baptist Convention of being reminded of who we are and what's really most important. And so, again, I want to encourage you not to be getting your information from your (laughs) computer screen. (laughs) There is so much misinformation about out there. The convention is not going liberal, not in any way, shape, or form. It's not. Uh, they are not all of the things that you're reading about are just simply not true. And there's so many things that the enemy tries to use to discredit and cause division. Don't allow yourself to Mm -hmm. get caught up in that. If you ever have a question about anything, please feel free to ask me or ask Mike or, you know, any of our other uh, members who are at the convention. 
Uh, we had several. Doug Gunn was yeah. there. Joe Young was there. Bill and Cindy Townsend were there. Uh, any of those people would be glad to talk to you about their experience. Hey, can I make a plug before you wrap you this can. up? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that happened, the executive committee presented something called Vision 2025. Yeah. And it was some steps that Southern Baptist executive committee are challenging Southern Baptists to take. One of those was related to calling out the called. Yeah. And, uh, and we're so blessed, you know, not only the cooperative program gifts that you've just talked about, but and with Annie Armstrong and Lottie Moon and Margaret Lackey, our church is all in in missions giving. Well, we're blessed to have Paul Chitwood coming to our church. He's the president of IMB. He's going to be here July 11th, right. and it's going to be a day that emphasizes one of those points, calling out the call. That's right. and, uh, and so we're going to get to see Southern Baptists implementing the vision that we just adopted at the Southern Baptist Convention right here in our church That's exactly in just right. a few weeks. And I guarantee you, he's going to make you really glad to be a Southern Baptist. Yes. What a great, great man he is. Thank you again for your time. Thank you for sending us to the convention. Uh, and again, thank you for being such a great church. We appreciate you so much. Hope that you have a great week. Do you have a question to ask a pastor? You can send it to us by visiting firstbaptistjackson.org slash APP or message us on social media. You can find us at FBJacksonMS on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and share it. Thanks again for joining us for Ask a Pastor.